Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 159th episode of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. I'm your host, Aiden, today here with Lucas, Jared, Bart, and Wyatt. We got everybody. Uh, before we dive into news we missed, remember to download the episode on your favorite podcast platform uh, and to dive into some, some stuff that we missed this week. First of all, Kyler Murray Torres ACL is out for the season and is a very disappointing season for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it goes from, like, bad to worse. Like, I think it's just been, like, Kyler underperformed, and now he's injured and everything. And I know, I don't know, we talked about Cliff Kingsbury getting fired and that fixing things, but it's just been all around terrible across the board, I think, this year. Mm. Yeah, what are the chances that Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury still has a job at the end of the season at this point? <laughs> Low. Yeah. I don't know. Slim. The excuses are kind of baked in where Zachers goes yeah. down, D Hop was suspended, mm-hmm. a Hollywood Brown broke his foot at some point, Kyler Murray's now out. You know, you got a lot of guys who, who are going in and out. Um they're kind of baked in. I think they're I think they're false. I think it's kind of pretty clear that he's not a great mm-hmm. head coach, but I can see the Cardinals justifying it by mm-hmm. being like, Oh, we'll we'll give it another year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a segment that we that I don't think the Cardinals will be included in, barring some surprises, are NFL Power Rankings. It's a recurring segment where we go through the top 10 teams as we see it in the NFL. Uh, we're going to start with you, Bart. Who is the number one team in the NFL? Wyatt's probably going to have a problem with this, but I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm sure he would want the Chiefs here, but I think the Eagles are a pretty clear-cut number one in the league right now. Um, the first couple of games they played after that Commanders loss definitely looked a bit shaky, but like since then, two very good wins against the Titans and the Giants. Uh, and both of those teams, mind you, are playoff bound as of right now. They're five and one against teams over 500, tied with the Cowboys for best in the league. They're first in a whole bunch of metrics. The craziest thing to me is that they're first in offensive and defensive turnover percentage. That's that's nuts. I I didn't bother looking into it, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first time that's ever happened. And I don't need to talk about Jalen Hurts. He just jumped Mahomes as the betting favorite for MVP right now. He's having such a fantastic season. So, you know, they're, they have the best record in the league, and I think the Eagles are also the best team in the league right now. Agreed. Okay, Lucas, your thunder has been stolen. You got a number two. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the team Bart alluded to. I think it's the Chiefs, but I don't think it's as clear-cut as some might make it out to be. The Chiefs have struggled a little bit lately i mean they lost to the Bengals. they barely beat the broncos obviously they went up huge and then like let the broncos slowly chip back in the game and mahomes despite what nick wright will tell you has been like a little shaky especially this past week he threw three interceptions i really see the three touchdowns as well but it's like not as clear cut that he's been as consistent as he has been in the past. The three interceptions this week, I think, are especially concerning. He's especially he's playing great, but as Bart mentioned, too, Jalen Hurts has now overtaken him for MVP. That being said, the offense is still one of the best in the league. They're averaging the most yards per game. They're second in points per game to the Eagles. Um, and 
they have a good record. So I think for those reasons, the Chiefs are number two, but I don't think it's as clear-cut as some might make it out to be. Yep. At number three, I'm vaguely tempted to take the Niners, but I'm going to go with the Bills, who beat the Chiefs, have also not looked that impressive of late, or at least they, they struggled against the Jets' defense. For sure, a great defense, but almost got shut out in the first half, if not for the Jets falling for an offsides trap. Uh, but they did remain control of that game, despite being largely kept in check offensively. They forced some pretty important turnovers, particularly by preying on Joe Flacco when he was in. You know, if Joe Flacco's only in for two plays, you got to make the most of it, and the Bills did. Um, but they have won. The Bills have won four in a row. You know, many of those wins weren't particularly pretty or dominant, but they've showed that they can win tight games, which they were kind of struggling to do earlier in the year. And they do remain in control of their own destiny because they have that tiebreaker with Kansas City. Uh, it looks like right now, if you know if things keep going their way, their season might not end at Arrowhead at least. Um, and though their remaining schedule is not particularly easy, Dolphins, Bengals, and Patriots still to go. Uh, I feel like they're they're still a, a prime contender here. They're they're ten and three, and they've played the fourth toughest schedule so far, which I think is pretty nuts. Very impressive, yeah. Yeah, I mean their losses are all their good teams, right? It's Vikings, Jets, someone else, <laughs> a third team, someone uh, else, a mystery yeah, team, exactly, a mystery team, <laughs> the Texans, <laughs> yeah, no. uh, but uh, the Dolphins, yeah, Dolphins, yeah. Uh, Jared, who got it number four? Um, it's not the team you guys think I'm gonna pick. It's the it's the San Francisco 49ers who Aiden failed to pick at three, but I'm glad he didn't because I have more notes for the 49ers. Um, when I ranked them in the power rankings about two or three rankings ago, Wyatt and Lucas laughed at me. Look at them now. Put the 49ers here fourth because they lost to the Chiefs, obviously. Um, but since that loss to the Chiefs, they've won six straight. Um, I think if you replace like Brock Purdy, Jimmy G, Trey Lance with any of the quarterbacks that are ahead of them, or even somebody like... Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, any of those quarterbacks, this would be the best team in the league. By the way, Bart, mm-hmm. uh, the first game that Christian McCaffrey started was the start of their six-game win streak. He has six rushing and receiving touchdowns since joining the 49ers, mm-hmm. Bart. Uh, and they absolutely just destroyed a really good Bucks defense. They were top 10 in yards allowed before that game, or even after that game still. I think Kyle Shanahan's done a really good, great, great coaching job as well. I have to put the 49ers here at number four. Okay, Wyatt, who rounds out our top five. I feel like I'm being forced to make a pick against my will of a team that I don't really want to pick. So I won't. I'm going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals, actually, to be the, mm. the number five team. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys do deserve a spot up here. I'm going to give them a little shout out. Shout out. Consider it in honorable mentions for a top five. But the Bengals have been hot as of recent, of course, including a win against the Kansas City Chiefs, who I believe are the best team in the NFL. And maybe... Just maybe they got a monkey off their back a little bit by finally beating the Cleveland Browns. Even if the Browns have been awful offensively in their last two games with Deshaun Watson, hooray. Um, they, let's, at the Bengals at some point, you know, I think they're still a dangerous team. I love Joe Burrow. I love their weapons. And T. Higgins wasn't even there last week. So I believe in them to just get better offensively uh, from here on out. Yep. I agree with that. Okay, Bart at six. Yeah, Wyatt alluded to them, and it's the Cowboys, I think. Um, they are a strange team right now. Um, how, do you, how do you blow out the Vikes in Minneapolis <laughs> and then squeak by against the one-win Texans? 
uh, it's strange. I think Dak is part of the problem. He didn't look great in that game. And yet, they are 10-3. and three. They are on a four-game win streak. Like I mentioned with the Eagles, they are also 5-1 and one against teams over 500. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this defense is the machine that is going to keep this team humming. And if they want to go deep in the playoffs, they need Dak to pull it together in the past <laughs> three games. I think uh, he has thrown six touchdowns against five picks. So very mediocre. Yikes. Um, we'll, we'll see if they can pick that up. But, yeah, ultimately the Cowboys are still objectively a good team. So I'm fine taking them at six. Hey, it's not, it's not a beauty pageant. It's wins and losses. doesn't matter how, how it looks. So then why didn't you take I've the said Vikes this before. there? Yeah. The power, rank, power rankings are literally no, a beauty not. pageant. It's You're all just... I test. No, yeah, that's what okay, power rankings are. Or else it would just, we would just have standings. Right, bad. the Vikes have it's, a better you gotta record look than between the Niners. The lines. So. You, guys, you gotta watch the film. You gotta look between the lines. You clear, so. Yeah, you clearly haven't watched enough tape. That's what's obvious here. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Lucas, uh, who do you have at seven? Well, speaking of the Minnesota Vikings, I still mm-hmm. think that you have to pick them in the at this point in the standings. Um, just by pure virtue of their record alone, Ten and three is tied for the second best record in the NFL. I mean, there's a three-way tie between them, the Cowboys, the Bills, but they're still tied for the second best record. Yes, they lost the Lions this past week, but in the preceding three weeks, or in the preceding two weeks, they beat the Patriots and the Jets, who are both solid um, teams. They're performing well. They have a couple slip-ups against the Lions, Cowboys, Eagles, but those are all good teams. I'll call the Lions a good team at this point. We'll talk more about it later in the episode. But I think that, I mean, they have their division locked up. They're playing well. They're allowed a loss against the Lions this week away. Mm-hmm. I'll pick them at seven. Okay, at eight. This is the point at which teams are no longer scary. Though I guess the Vikings aren't that scary to me either. But I have the Ravens here. <laughs> They're nine and four. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're always good. Um, they continue to play and often win ugly games. So on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, without an injured Lamar Jackson, they ground out a win against the Steelers. Tyler Huntley completed eight passes for 88 yards. And was injured, meaning that it turned to an undrafted rookie. Um, so not even Mr. Irrelevant, an undrafted rookie. Um, but predictably, Mitch Trubisky threw three picks, and they beat the Ravens by two points. Uh, the week before that, they beat the Broncos by a score of 10-9, to 9, which is an incredibly Broncos score. Uh, so they're grinding out wins. Lamar's out until at least Christmas Eve, it seems. And it's unclear just how high the Ravens' ceiling is. Uh, but they're still able to play with pretty much anyone. And assuming Lamar is healthy when the postseason comes around, they won't be a super easy out. Uh, so I have them at eight. Okay, Jared, who do you have at nine? This is also another team. I'm not. I don't feel great about this pick, but I'm going to put the Dolphins here. I think I had to use a little bit of process of elimination. The other contenders are people like teams like the Seahawks, who just lost a really bad game to the Panthers. I test. Patriots or Jets, don't really love either of those two. Chargers, I know they just beat them, but I still kind of feel like they're they're frauds this year um, and shouldn't be ranked in the top ten. And then the Titans have lost three straight, and including one to the Jaguars. So I think i got to put the Dolphins there. Um, with a pretty good coach, still a lot of offensive firepower. They're kind of on just like a bad stretch where they played the Niners, who's the best defense in the league, and then just had a bad game against the Chargers, so... We shall see where this team goes. They have a pretty tough schedule coming up, but I'm going to put them nine for now. Mm-hmm. Okay, Wyatt, finish it off. Who do you have at 10? 
this could be slightly controversial. Um, I'm going to pick the New York Jets to kind of round it out hey. here. I I still like the Jets. I know it's kind of hard to look at them after coming off a loss, but they came off a loss against Buffalo, and they had a chance to win that game as well. Mike White is, has seemed to be as tough as ever after getting just folded against the Bills um, and then coming back and playing. And right now that offense with Mike White is a completely different offense than they were with Zach Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson right now would have, if he had Mike White all season, would be projected to score 11 touchdowns and have 1,500 yards or so. Um, and then before that, obviously, they were they were awful. So I think at the very at the end of the day, the Jets have an identity. They're going to go out there and they're going to play tough defense. Right now they have a lot of studs. Um, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Quentin Williams, his brother as a linebacker as well. Very impressive group of guys. Uh, so I'm going to pick them against over the Chargers just because the Chargers are a little too wishy-washy for me mm-hmm. when it comes to the way that they play. They have a really great game, and then they drop a game against like the Raiders. You know, yeah. so it's it's hard to really believe in them to be consistent going forward. Yeah, I'm done being burned by the Chargers. <laughs> Won't let it happen again. Before we move on to our next segment, a quick word from our sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It's my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They offer same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, player prop options, and more. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So right now, Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So I'm going to tell you what to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Anyways, to move on to our next subject, we're going to be talking a bit about a surging team, the Lions. The Lions have won five of their last six with their one loss being to the Bills. Jared, could the Lions actually make some noise in the playoffs? So I think we just went did our power rankings. Are the Lions a top 10 team right now? No, absolutely not. At the end of the day, they still have lost more games than they've played. The good news for them, though, is that you don't have to be a top 10 team to make the playoffs. They just have to be top 14. Um, and I think they are going to be a team. If they do make the playoffs, they would be a team that nobody would want to face. I think when you're really good on one side of the ball, no team would want wants to face that sort of team. They're fourth in yards per game ahead of teams like the Bengals and Dolphins on offense. Dan Campbell, I think, has clearly found the right offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson, who's helping Jared Goff excel, and then they use Jamal Williams in the red, as a kind of a red zone bruiser who's taken on 14 rushing touchdowns this year and leading the league. So I hope the Lions, for their sake, keep Ben Johnson and can build on that a little bit. The other thing, too, about the Lions is they play pretty a lot of really close games. In fact, if you look at their losses, five of those seven have been by less than a touchdown. They lost to the Eagles by three, Vikings three, or Vikings by four in week three, Seahawks by three, Dolphins by four, Bills by three. So I really do think that this is kind of evidence, I guess, that Dan Campbell is a great motivator and that I think it seems like his teams want to play hard for him. Obviously, their weakness here has been their defense, which has been pretty awful. Second worst in the league 
um, ahead of only the Vikings. Sorry, Bart, in terms of yards allowed. <laughs> um, so that's definitely an issue. But like I said, if you're really good on one side of the ball, I don't think any team wants to face you. I think whether they can make some noise depends on the matchup. Like, they were blown out by the Cowboys and Patriots. Both of those teams are top six defenses right now. That being said, they did put up massive points against, like, the Eagles and Commanders, who are also top five defenses. For now, I'm going to say that was an outlier outlier because that was the first two weeks of the season. Um, I think the Jets game coming up is going to be a good barometer to see if they have something figured out because the Jets do have a really good defense. They're top five right now. After that, they have the Panthers, Bears, and Packers. All three of those should... If you're, like, a team that thinks you're good enough to make the playoffs, you should run the table from here on out, I think. They're in control of their own destiny. I'll be rooting for them. To answer the question, they can make some noise if they get a good matchup. And because they're so good on offense, I don't think any team would want to, would want to face them in their first week. I'd rather have, like, a team... I mean, this is the other side of the... or um, Actually, no, it's not... I'd rather have, like, the Bucks or something in my week one matchup than the Lions, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the Jets game will be particularly interesting because Jared Goff is apparently a really bad outdoor QB or playing in the cold <laughs> QB. So I feel like between the defense and that, um, it's not a great matchup for the Lions, but if they could win that, that'd be that'd be pretty big. Yeah, he went to Cal, right? L.A., and now he's playing in a dome. Where is he from? I don't know. Google Jared Goff hometown. California. And the answer <laughs> is, yeah. Yeah, yeah that right. makes sense then. Yeah. That makes some sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, even with the, the defense, the defense is allowing the second most yards per game, but the points per game hasn't been terrible the last four weeks. It hasn't been great, but you look at – 18 to the Giants, 25 to the Bills, 14 to the Jags, 23 to the Vikings. It's not awful. Like, it's it's not an, an elite defense by no means, but if their offense, like Jared said, is so good, it can outweigh the defense so long as the defense isn't historically bad um, to some extent, and I think that they're sort of finding their way in doing that. Like, you know, you add those all up, that's like a little under 20 points per game. Again, not terrible if your offense can put up 25 to 35 points a game. I almost feel like you're underselling it a bit because, uh, like, holding up Bills and Vikes under 30 points, I would say, is impressive. And the Jags game also. Like, the Jags are kind of cooking now, at least their offenses. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Lions' defense has absolutely stepped it up recently. I also wanted to say that they are at this record, and they have had far and away the hardest schedule in the league so far. And they're supposed <laughs> to have the fourth easiest. Jared, you mentioned how the, the last three should all be wins. So, if they make it, they like their record doesn't quite tell the whole story about how good they are it seems yeah like a lot of those like five of those losses you could especially that vikings loss i remember was kind of fluky not fluky but the vikings kind of won at the last second um the seahawks game might have been like that too i don't remember that one the vikings wasn't specifically though like i said five of them were less than a touchdown so pretty close Mm -hmm. Every yeah, I mean, Viking even the win. Eagles game. Yeah. No, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, every Vikings win, it's fluky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that negative point differential. <laughs> Crazy. But anyway, going back to Jared Goff, do we think he's an above average NFL QB? Like, where does he fall at the moment? 
Okay, yeah, I want to go to bat for Goff. I think mm-hmm. it's I, I think it's unfair to like say, oh, it's just the court to try to separate quarterback play from their coordinator. Like everybody's success to some degree is dictated by what they have around them and their resources. So I say yes. If you look at any stat other than completion percentage, he is in the top half of the league. Like he's thrown the same amount of touchdowns as Jalen Hurts has this year. He's thrown more than Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. I don't think it's fair to to just separate whatever coordinator success. Like he just has a smart coordinator, or he had McVay when he was in L.A. and stuff. It's just like, well, he did take advantage of the resources he had. So I'm gonna say yes, he has he has been an above average NFL quarterback. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I don't know if it's like far above average, but I think like if you look at the stats too, he's like top half in yards per attempt. He's around middle of the pack in completion percentage. He's top half in quarterback rating. Like he's not like scraping the top five in any of these stats, but like if you look at the stats as a whole on average across the NFL, and not just like the volume stats, but like, you know, the the ones that are averaged across whatever you're doing stats, he's doing like decently well. Again, like I'm not going to call him, like, a top eight quarterback or whatever, but I'm going to call him, like, I think top half comfortably quarterback at this point. He is sixth in touchdown interception ratio, which I think mm-hmm. is probably one of the better quarterbacks. Including uh, eight touchdowns and zero interceptions in the last five games. Yeah, I was going to mention PFF has him very lowly graded, and apparently it's because he had a p- bunch of turnover-worthy plays this season, and it seems like most of those were early in the season, and he's really – improved with that recently mm-hmm. also their offensive line is trash this year and he's still playing really mm-hmm. well which i think you have yeah, to give him yeah. some credit for speaking of the lions offensive line penesul caught a pass this week which i think is worth noting it is worth noting. that in the news we missed <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> noted yeah stud receiver penesul yeah <laughs> but anyway the Lions are currently in position of the second pick in the upcoming draft via the Rams in the Jared Goff trade, I guess. <laughs> Should they be looking to take a QB in this situation, or is Goff um, the long-term answer? I understand the thought process that you're not going to organically get – it's not likely you're organically going to get a top-five pick if you're projected to be good next year. Mm-hmm. Next year they'll have to probably go and trade up and they'll use a number-two pick, but – I think, and, and I saw a mock draft as well, it basically, we've, been, we've written off Jared Goff to be like, yeah, you know, you can't really keep him long term. Um, you got to replace him at some point. But I don't really know if that's the case for Goff. Uh, right now, he's not their biggest problem. We've talked about it a handful mm-hmm. of times so far this episode. Their defense is awful, and they would have a chance mm-hmm. to draft some sort of change, like big change at the, at the defensive level to, to some capacity. So I totally understand that. CJ Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, if you fell in love with them, would be there and available for you at the number two overall pick. But, you know, I I don't think that they, they would be dire enough. Plus, let's just say, that they, I mean, they have a good offensive line uh, as far as I'm concerned. They have two really good running backs. I'm going to say Brown's a stud. Uh, Jameson Williams is coming back from an ACL injury, but he caught a touchdown this last game. DJ Chark obviously is there. They have Anth- um, Aiden Hutchinson. They would, and let's say they draft two defensive guys this year. They wouldn't need a first round pick the following year if they wanted to go and trade for somebody. So if at some point they decided that, you know, we're we're gonna pass up on, on a guy this year, we're gonna take two elite defensive guys in the top fifteen of this year's draft, and then next year we'll go and trade for a quarterback if Jared Goff doesn't pay off. I could see that as well. 
Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good point. But I think they should take a quarterback if they get, if they have the second pick. I think you just draft CJ Stroud at that point. I think you risk becoming one of those good teams that aren't great and good enough to win the Super Bowl. A team like the Titans is what comes to mind, where they're kind of stuck with Ryan Tannehill. Like he's not really going to probably elevate them to win a Super Bowl. Then you look at a team like the Bengals, who said, "Screw protecting Joe Burrow. We're just going to draft Jamar Chase." And how well that worked out. I don't really know if if you have a really dynamic receiver and then a really dynamic quarterback, that's going to transcend a lot of other roster issues, I think. And then you're also going to have a quarterback on a cheaper deal, which Goff is pretty expensive right now, free up some more money to go hopefully shore up the defense or wherever you need to at that point. That would be my only worry. I think if they have the top two pick, they should draft a quarterback, 100%. If it's five and, like, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young are not there, I would get some defensive guy or something. It's funny because I've seen C.J. Stroud, like, when they talk about his comparisons, Jared Goff is mentioned because, (laughs) you know, strong but not crazy strong arm, generally accurate, pretty average athleticism. So I'd be interested. I'm first of all interested to see what Stroud will look like against an NFL-level defense against Georgia, but I'm not sure he's worth it there because i feel like he could end up being golf to some degree (laughs) but then at least he is cheaper i guess to to me jared to to your point i just i feel like at some point it's diminishing returns because like they already have a top five offense so it it really does seem like if they just had an average defense they would be like a top team this year like legitimately just an average one it, they're they're so bad mm-hmm. that yeah that's why i'm not a gm yeah. Yeah. That is. but you know what's not tough keeping listening to this podcast the launch Pail guys podcast it's our first episode on the pigskin podcast network so thank you for tuning in for that make sure you are downloading yes downloading our podcast on spotify on Apple Podcasts, and on SoundCloud. We really appreciate you listening. We'll see you back here later in the week.